the Fearless Millionaire Podcast Show, where we help investors gain clarity, confidence, and cash flow. So great that you're here. This is going to be a fantastic episode, episode 35, where you're going to hear from a Fearless Millionaire member, Genius Garcia, who went from fear to faith and then into fortune. I'm really excited that you're here. Uh, This is going to be a fantastic episode. If you haven't heard our previous episodes, dive into our podcast. Also, be sure to check out our website. We actually are running some new promotions as well as some new free uh, trainings, courses, and books that you're going to want to check out that will absolutely enlighten your life, give you clarity, and yes, go for that fearless breakthrough. I'm excited you're here. I don't want to waste any more time. Let's dive right into chatting with Genius Garcia. We're now in like, what is it, 18 countries? I think the last time I checked this was just a few weeks ago. We're now broadcasting this over 18 countries. We've got listeners from 18 different countries, and we got people even emailing. And it's just really cool um, that uh, the impact that these uh, interviews are making uh, on people's lives and how we keep getting requests for more. So today, I have a really special guest on our show today. And uh, not only is a long-term, long-time friend, but also business partner and someone that um, I have learned a lot from. And I know you're going to learn a lot from them too today because that's why I wanted them on the show so that you could... Um, so you can get to know them better and hear what they've done. So today I want to introduce you to Genus Garcia. And let me introduce you to Genus a bit and tell you a little bit about him and, uh, and how we met. We actually met, I think it was about uh, maybe like seven years ago. And we met in the same industry, uh, the real estate investing industry. And uh, we had similar interests. And that we noticed that not only did we uh, have similar backgrounds with like marketing and sales, but also we had similar interests in regards to real estate and business. So I wanted to get him on the show today so that he could share with you his background, his story, where he came up. Because I find that it's like the most interesting thing about him is his background, his story, where he came up from and what he's doing now, which is really interesting. Um, so, so hey, without further ado, I want to get Genus here. Genus, thanks so much for being on the, the show and thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Nathan, man, thanks for having me. Um, glad to be on finally. I know we talked about this for a little bit of time and just haven't been able to, you know, just match times up and so forth. But uh, glad to be on, man. Glad to have you. Or, or glad for you to have me on the show. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. So um, I, want, I want you to start off by sharing, like, who you are and, like, what, you, what you've been up to recently. But kind of take us back, like, give us a little bit of background story about, you know, uh, your past and where you're at today. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people know. Well, the people that do know me know uh, I'm born and raised in Cleveland, uh, Puerto Rican background. Mom and dad Puerto Rican. Uh, came up in a you know pretty tough environment. Um, not so much you know funds, things of that nature. So it was a uh, for me, it was a uh, you know either get out of the streets and do something for yourself or stay stuck in that grind every day, like uh, a lot of my friends and family are still in. Um, and that's, you know, one thing I've learned is, is that's by choice. Um, you know, got into real estate. Uh, well, actually, the first real estate event I ever went to was uh, um, back in 2006. And it was on probate real estate. Um, and, you know, the first thing I thought about was, man, this is, this is something I want to do. And unfortunately, at that time, you know, I had, a, I had a, a two kids at that time, uh, a six-year-old and a one-year-old with, you know, make it ends meet, uh, working in a, as a sales manager at an extended warranty company. And, 
you know, came home super excited like most people do after they leave an event. Um, the only difference was I didn't buy the product because I didn't have the money. Um, but I went home, told my wife, hey, this is it. I found the solution to our yeah. problems. Yeah. And uh, she looked at me and laughed and said, uh, well, how the, how the heck are you going to buy it? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it took me a little while to, to kind of get things together and make things happen. But, um, you know, when, when I actually, funny story, when I actually got started in real estate, I actually um, saved up money and, and, and as much as I could to get a product to start. But I actually wanted to do things a little bit different and hire a coach and work with somebody that has already done it, that can help lead the way for me to make things easier um, as opposed to just doing it myself and going through the grind every day. And, you know, I, I was able to accomplish that via family that, you know, was able to invest into myself and in my future. And I just, I just had that, that, that mentality, that grind mentality every day to, to make it happen. Well, that's, that's very powerful. Let me, let me interject there for a minute because you brought up something that I think a lot of people uh, go through when you mentioned in the beginning, like your upbringing, where you started. And you mentioned this very important part about how your family is still maybe living in that same environment, whether it's mentally, not only just location. I think a lot of this has to do with mindset because you said you made the decision. So could you share a little bit more about that? Because I know a lot of people from all over the world, doesn't matter where they are, they maybe come from different environments. You know, but the reality is even though they're trying to grow and change themselves and, and they want more for their life, that their family and friends are not really on that same path. So could you share a little bit more about that since you said some of some of your family and friends are still there? Yeah, well, and, and, and a lot of it is, is exactly that, man. It's, it's all mindset. I mean, you know, people, um, for example, I got a, a very good buddy of mine that I've been trying to bring him on board with real estate investing, um, you know, trying to teach him what to do, how to do it with, with very little capital. Uh, and the mindset for most people is work. You work, you get paid, you pay your bills, and you just keep living that grind, that lifestyle of that grind. Uh, because they've never seen anything better or that, that fear of taking that next step of trying something different that's out of their element. Uh, most people will not do it. Um, and if they try it and it doesn't work right away, if they, if they try to do something different and it doesn't work right away for them, then they, it doesn't work. They back out. Um, so that's the biggest issue that most people have. And, and with my buddy to this day, I mean, he still hasn't made a move. I've been doing this for uh, a long time now, and he sees what I do. We live in different – obviously, I live in a different state, but he'll come visit me, and he sees the big difference in the way we live versus the way he lives. And, you know, but it, it's it, – there's a lot of – a lot of people are a lot of talk. It's like a dog that barks but don't bite. That's yeah. how a lot of people are. They, they talk about wanting to change, and they'll give you all of these ideas and stories, but then they don't take action in their own lives to change what they want to do to, to better themselves. Mm, that's powerful. Let me ask you a question though about that. So you obviously made a big impact and change in your own life. And so what was the, the moment where, or did you ever feel that way? Actually, did you ever feel like you were the dog that barked, but didn't bite and then you changed your way? Like, was there a, that a transition for you? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and more than one time in my life. Um, and, and the biggest time was when I went from uh, working a job 40 hours a week and, and, you know, making good money and then going to entrepreneurship to quit my job to do more real estate and, you know, some other businesses that I have as well. And just, just, just the thought of not having a guaranteed paycheck. Um, that was my biggest fear and my biggest pushback when you're going for making, you know, close to a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're comfortable. Um, you're used to it, to trying to go out on your own when there's nothing guaranteed next mm -hmm. week and two weeks next month. Um, so that, that in itself was a big barrier that I had to overcome personally in which it took me roughly about a year to do eight months to a year to just, you say, you know what the heck would I want to do it and just actually take the jump and do it. And mm -hmm. once I did that and, and I put two feet in and I said, I'm going to go all in. Mm -hmm. um, I knew at that moment I could always turn back and go get a job if it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, mentally, once I jumped in, I, I've been all in t until this day. I'm the same way. Well, so a job at nine to five is just not something for me. Well, that's that's a very that's a very powerful thing. I know a lot of our listeners they struggle with that. Like they, I think we all truly believe there's a common mindset that we uh, should be business owners, we should be entrepreneurs, and a lot of people know what they want to do but they haven't left their job yet and they want to, they just make, there's a lot of feelings and emotions and financial security that goes along with that. So could you kind of dive a little deeper into that part for you? Because that is awesome. First of all, I, I didn't hear that in the intro, but you, you left your six figure job and then went and started your own business. Not many people would do that. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, not only financial, uh, stress around that but thought and decision, but also taking that step and actually doing it 100%. What was some of the motivating factors for you? Like what, you know, if, uh, some people listening to this thinking, wow, $100,000 a year, why would I even leave that to go start my own business? What were some of the motivating factors for you to make that happen? Well, the, the, the biggest motivating factor for me is my kids and my family. I mean, I coach my daughter, my son, sports. Um, my son does competition travel dance um, where we're traveling all over the Southeast, um, even in the Midwest. And, you know, my, my daughter plays on uh, pretty high-level sports at a young age, uh, AAU ball, um, travel ball, things of that nature. So um, working a nine-to-five is, is, is difficult for you to get time off when needed, uh, when you have a job and you have a boss versus doing it uh, on your own and, you know, having that free time and, and availability to be there. Because at the end of the day, the biggest thing for me is time. And time is something you don't get back. Once it's gone, you don't get it back. So yeah. being able to be there for my kids at, at this age and this day and time that they need me, um, as they're growing up, it's going to bring, it's going to have those memories instilled in them for the rest of their lives that their father yeah. was there. Right. And for me, that's, that was the biggest motivating factor. But also, you know, income is one thing. Making money, you know, is, is, is one thing, and that's good. That's, we all need it in order to survive, in order to live, in order to pay your bills, in order to be able to do, to do the things that you want. And don't get me wrong, you know, making a, you know, a six-figure salary is very good, and, and you can live pretty comfortable. But I'm always striving for more. 
my goal every day is to continue to climb the ladder, uh, whether it be financially, whether it be, you know, just to be a better man, a better husband, a better father. Um, that's my goal every day. When I wake up, I just want to be a better individual all the way around. Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing for me and the biggest why. Wow. That's really powerful. Wow. Thank you for sharing uh, that. Uh, kids being a huge motivating factor. I remember, I remember, I just want to kind of give everybody a little, um, history from my perspective, since I opened up this uh, episode and shared it with everyone that we already knew each other for quite some time. And even before I had kids, uh, of my own, uh, when I met Genus and you know, the way he handled his relationship with his family and his kids, it was really admirable because most of the people I knew around me were a lot older with kids actually. And uh, Genus and I are similar in age, close in age. And, um, and so well, that was, that was really the thing that stuck out. So I definitely know that to be true for your life and definitely seen it as a motivating factor. And I think that's so important to anything we, we do in life with the decisions we make and, you know, the direction we have to have a deep, you know, rooted, deeply rooted in our, in our mind and in our life that we have to have a big reason why we're going to take such a, such a step. And, uh, and just go 100% into it. Um, you said you started a business and, and making that transition. In that process, what would, was there, if you want to share with us, what was some of the biggest, like one of the biggest challenges you had of making that happen, that transition, like starting your own business, right? So imagine, you know, I know people think about this, you leave your job and then all of a sudden it's like month number one, you know, what, what would you say was the biggest challenge when you, after you left your job? Uh, the biggest challenge I believe for myself was just, just putting myself out there. I'm a very private person. Um, I don't like my business out there. I mean, I got social media and all that. I got a bunch of friends and I rarely ever post anything. Um, and, 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 you know, just for me, I'm just more of a private person. So be, and I'm not shy. I'm just private. So getting out there, building relationships that long lasting relationships, um, and, and getting to meet people. Um, that was the biggest thing for me, man. I mean, you know, going to events, um, going to rear groups, you know, talking with people, putting myself out there a little bit, um, as someone that's in the business, uh, being able to build those relationships. That was my biggest challenge because I, I didn't want to do it. And I got pushed and pushed and pushed and, you know, told and told and told, like, you have to do it. If you really want to continue to grow a business, if you want to, people to see who you are, to see what you're about, you have to go out there and network. And, um, you know, for me, that was my biggest challenge is, is, is wanting to do it. Yeah. So that's a very important thing too. And we, we've talked about this even in other episodes about building relationships for business. Um, I got a question for you during that time. Uh, I'm sure you've met a boatload of people. Um, is there like one or two connections or relationships you've developed over the years that really stood out that like took your life to that next level? And how did that happen? Do you recall any of those? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's been, a, it's been several people. I mean, for one, uh, I would say, um, yourself, and, and, you know, and, and you, Nathan, helping me and, and a lot of just opening my mind up and, and helping me change my mindset to a lot of things, um, just on private conversations that we've had, um, mm -hmm. you know, different times we've gone out and I've asked you advice or questions or something that, 
I'm not sure of or just a different way to help myself get better and the advice that you've given me. Um, another person I would say is, is, uh, is uh, Larry Goins for the opportunity to really get in the industry industry and, and, and learn, learn the business on, on the different sides, um, as well as now currently Jack Bosch, who I'm, you know, uh, currently have a great relationship with. Um, and, and also teaching me on the land side of the business of what the majority of what I'm doing now, um, mm -hmm. is, is buying and selling land and investing in land. And even though, you know, we still do some houses here and there. Um, yeah. it's just, for me, I'm looking for the less headache possible. <laughs> and, yeah. and, but yeah, I would say those are the three people really. And, and my wife, obviously, you know, um, having, having, having her full support and everything that I do. Uh, whether sometimes she feels I shouldn't be doing something, um, even though we disagree at times, but she always, I always have her full support and that in itself goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. And actually to, to add to that, I've always heard you bring up your wife throughout the years. Uh, yeah. And I think that's really cool. Uh, you know, you, whether you were making a business decision or, um, you know, maybe taking, like you said, you're leaving your job to go to start your own, your own business, um, which is a really cool factor. I know a lot of people just run. Through it. What's that? Yeah. And the biggest thing I'll say, Nate, um, is that, you know, when, when, when I was doing the house flips and the wholesaling of houses, um, she wanted no part of it mm -hmm. and it was fine. You know, I'm okay with it. She had, I had her support. She just, wanted nothing to do with it because she'd seen how stressed out I always was and how things were. And, you know, sometimes you'd be going really great. And then sometimes you'd be going really bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it kind of put a little bit of strain on our relationship at that time because of, you know, just the, the headaches and everything that I was going through with, with, with doing that kind of business. It's a tough business. I'm um, yeah. just like anything else. But um, as I moved into the land side of it a few years back and started really taking it serious, you know, she's been a lot more involved. Like now she's doing a lot of the back end work. She's involved in the real estate business now, not nice. just my wife. So uh, nice. doing the land has made my life so much easier, has brought us together. Um, you know, the easiness of being able to do it and uh, the, her participation level has increased significantly from just, again, from my wife to now, like my business partner and doing the deals with me and, you know, going through the whole deal flow process and, and her just being there every step of the way um, has helped out a lot. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really great. Jeez. Uh, and, you know, it's so, many, it's so interesting you mentioned that because I know a lot of people that I've talked to over the years um, who said, oh, my partner's not on board, my husband or my wife, and, and, you know, and should I still go forward with this or shouldn't I? And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we have to make that that's a really tough decision, but we have to just say, okay, what's the best thing long-term? And, uh, and I think, you know, that, that's something us visionaries, we have to do. We have to take that step instead of, you know, being gripped by fear or indecisiveness or stepping out of our box, you know, stepping out of our comfort zone. We have to take those steps. And, uh, and that's really cool how you transitioned into real estate. And this is a great point of time to transition into that and uh, how your wife supports you. And you said, uh, I want us to transition a little bit into the real estate topic here and how you got, you said you started uh, like going to a probate seminar and that's how you were exposed to it. Um, can you kind of walk us through like your years of real estate? Like you started there and then maybe you got into other forms of wholesaling and what you're doing. Yeah. And then, and then, I mean, I did it for a little bit. Um, I didn't do any probate. 
but but mm-hmm. that opened my my whole world into real estate investing. No idea you could do this. I thought everything was you buy a house, you live in it. When you're ready to sell it, you sell it and you move into another house. Um, mm-hmm. So before I went to that seminar, I had absolutely no idea about that investing even uh, was even thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went there, that's why I was so hyped because I'm like, okay, well, I found it. And to make a long story short, it took me about a year, year and a half to kind of even come up with some funds. But in that process, I was studying, 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 um, looking up investing in general. And I found hundreds of different speakers and people and different strategies of real estate to do it. And just like if you ask any successful investor or any of these great speakers, um, wholesaling is the easiest, fastest way to make money with little money out of pocket. And Mm -hmm. it was about 07 that I actually started doing something and, um, you know, did a little bit in 07, got used to it, hired a coach, paid a lot of money out of pocket. Um, At that time, it was a lot of money. Now, obviously, coaching is a lot more money because inflation, just like anything else. But, uh, you know, hired a coach, and it took me seven months to do my first deal with a coach. Um, the market was obviously going south, pretty much south at that point, so it was, it was a little bit more difficult to do things. But my point is that I never gave up. I never gave up. I never gave in. I continued to push every day because I knew this was going to work for me. Just in my heart of hearts, I have I had a very good feeling about it, and even though I haven't I didn't produce any money for a long time doing the business, it, it still I knew this was for me. It was just a perfect match. And once I did my first deal, I think I made like seven thousand dollars profit or something, and it was like that. Like that was the big moment that you know that that really that I seen said okay, well seven thousand dollars at that time. I'm making probably forty-five thousand dollars a year as a as a as a manager for an extended warranty company. Mm-hmm. So at that time, it's like you know that's a lot of money, seven thousand dollars in just one check, where I'm making probably you know eight hundred eight hundred fifty bucks a week. Wow. So that really allowed me to to get more serious about the real estate. And and in and in two thousand and eight, it was a terrible year for me. Where mm-hmm. I mean, I lost a lot of money. A lot of the money that I built up in 07, lost it in 08. 09 was a, a decent year for me, and then I kind of just, you know, just took a little break. I and mean, I've never stopped. I always did some things, but I wasn't as serious at those times like I've been over the last five or six years. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, I would say, you know, everything, everything was kind of turbulent, up and down, up and down, up and down. And then we just started, we, we transitioned from wholesaling to um, when, a, when a market was down to doing some house flipping. And we did, we did some of those and it worked out. Um, I had a great team, my brother, my cousins, they're both contractors up in Cleveland, Ohio. So we, we kind of created a little partnership. And, and I mean, we, we, we did some stuff for a long time over there. We still, like I said, we still do some stuff, not as much as we used to. And then about three years ago, um, I got serious in, in doing the land stuff as far as like, I did it for like the last five years since I've had a relationship with Jack. Um, mm-hmm. but I didn't take it really serious because we were doing houses and yeah. land is like, land is like the ugly girl in the room. Okay. Nobody <laughs> really wants to date her. She's cool. She's funny. 
but no one really wants to date her. You know what I mean? You see her more yeah. just as a friend, and that's how I see land. It's more of like, ah, okay, side thing, whatever. If I get a deal, I get a deal. And then uh, when I started taking it serious, um, it, it actually helped me and my life out because it, it's, it's, it's simple. It's not easy because nothing in this world is easy, but yeah. it's, it's simpler. There's a lot less people involved in a deal. There's a lot less things that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. You can do it anywhere in the United States because there's nothing on there for anybody to steal unless they right. want to cut down your trees, which is only going to help you out. It ain't going to hurt you right. versus right. with a house, you know, you have inspections and you have appraisals and you have, you know, sometimes a lot of times real estate agents, um, mm-hmm. earnest money deposits. And um, just, there's a lot of more people involved that there's a possibility that that deal can mess up and then yeah. doing it virtual is tough. Um, and I know this firsthand. I'm, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. We were doing a lot of deals in Cleveland. That's three states away. Eight-hour right. drive, hour and 15-minute flight. I mean, it's not like you can just get up and go there in, within 20, 30 minutes. So um, just whenever you're doing virtual real estate, um, you know, like fixing yeah. flips, if you don't have the right team in place, if 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 it's up north, you got to winterize it. You know, if if the if the uh, budget, you go over budget, it doesn't sell like you thought it was going to sell. It sits on the market longer. I mean, everything that's involved with that is a headache. And um, tr- transitioning in the land has just been the best thing in the world because it's, it's I don't have to worry about any of that. Um, and, and you still get decent money. You're still making decent money. Maybe not as much as a fix and flip, but every now and again, you can. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people, um, you know, who listen to the show, by the way, they are very interested in investing and real estate is typically the number one thing that comes up. Um, and I know a lot of people like, uh, you know, I think you're a perfect example. You said you, you started, you listened, you went to seminars and you didn't have any funds. But looking back today, like from where you're at today and someone who's listening who has never done a deal before and maybe they don't have a whole bunch of money to start investing, what would you tell a listener here that uh, to do today based on what you know? Well, what I would, what I would tell a listener to do is to, first of all, do your research, okay? There's a lot of great speakers out here. There's a lot of speakers that are not so great. So do your research, figure out what strategy that you want to pursue, whether it be houses, whether it be land, whether it be um, developing, whether it be, you know, commercial apartments, whatever the case is, just decide, first of all, decide what you want to do. Don't be all over the place. The number one problem why people fail is because they're trying to do too much because everybody wants to make a dollar. So they want to have seven different strategies to make a dollar. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? The more you have on your plate, the less you're going to do. Nine times out of ten. That's just how the human brain works. It's like the more that you, you, you the more opportunities you see, the more you want to do, and then nothing ever gets done. So, mm-hmm. what I would suggest is to definitely figure out exactly what it is you want to do, what strategy of real estate you want to work. If it's in the housing side, what kind of what kind of deals you want to do? You want to wholesale? You want to fix and flip? You want to do buy and hold? Um, what is it? You want to do lease options? What is it that you want to do when you get this deal? Okay, if it's land, do you want to do you the seller finance? You want to wholesale it? Do, what, you want to buy the land to develop to, to build a house on there and sell it? I mean, just decide what is it that you want to do. Go all in. Find the best 
person in that field, okay, at, at the very least, purchase a product to give you a guide. Because mm-hmm. there's a basis to go off of when you have something, um, when, when somebody's already been doing it, it's proven. And as long as you have a, a will and, and a fight that you're not going to quit, you can make it happen. Be consistent, put in the time. That's yeah. the biggest thing you can do to, to be successful. Put yourself out there, be consistent, put in the time, and take action. That's how you're going to be successful. Wow. And that's some great advice, by the way. And I know there's so much material. I mean, today with, you know, with YouTube and Google, and there's so much available information out there on even this topic of real estate. Uh, you, you definitely laid out some key points of what to look for uh, in, in, a, in a person, like maybe someone who has experience. So uh, thank you for that. That's really important. So what does, what does the future look like what for you? Like, you know, we're, we've talked about your past. We've talked about your present. And, um, you know, we always like to share what our goals are. What do you, where do you see yourself uh, with your business and what you're doing? Uh, probably whatever, maybe in the next year or three years from now. Well, yeah, and that's that's a great question, man. I mean, you know, for for, for me, um, you know, we have vision boards that I've learned, you know, over the years how to how to create, how to draw up, what to look for, what what my goals are, short term, long term, um, where I see myself and my goal within the next year is to at least double my business. It's very doable. Um, for me, it's just, I, like I said, I have a few businesses, so just juggling, juggling between them the, the proper way to make sure everybody's happy, including myself, um, mm-hmm. is the number one hurdle that I have that I'm starting to kind of get, okay, um, in, in every aspect of, of running the businesses. But my goal, my future is to be over 70 land deals next year. Wow. To do over 70 land deals next year. Um, like I said, we do some houses, but, you know, we might do two or three, you know, houses mm-hmm. um, a year versus what we were doing before. But yeah. last year we did like 35 or 36 land deals. Um, mm-hmm. This year I had nine done as of the middle of May, mm-hmm. and I've gotten eight done since May. So mm-hmm. um, I sh- I'm, I'm probably going to be in the – 30 range again this year. Um, okay. But we have pumped up marketing as well over the last few weeks. We were sending out 250 letters, 300 letters. Now we're pumping it up to about 600 to 1,000 a week. So that should wow. definitely keep the deal flow up. Um, yeah. And like I said, at least finish around around the 30 mark this year. But next year, we're really going to start pumping up the volume. We got some pieces in place, um, some team members that we've brought on um, that you know we're just kind of learning, uh, helping them learn everything and what we look for, what we expect, and make sure we're doing it right. And, and we, should, we should easily be able to hit that target. My, my thing, um, and, and the way I do business for myself is, I always pull out attainable targets, and then I always have a not-so-attainable target that if I don't hit, I'm not mad. But if for some reason I did hit, then, it's, then I'm only going to be that much better. All right. Let me let me see if I I think I think I get what you're saying. I just want to make sure everyone else is clear because this sounds really smart. So you're saying you have like 
like a, a really ultimate awesome goal. Uh, but then you have another goal just a little bit below that. Is that what you're saying? Just, just so it's like, hey, I, I have I have my my goal that I believe is very attainable. Okay, yeah. for like seventy deals, and then yeah. I have another goal that I don't believe I can get to mm. personally because of everything else that go that goes on in my life. It's like, okay, um, this is the goal I'm really shooting for: 120 yeah. deals in a year, but realistic goal is 70. If I can get to 70, I double my business. I'm satisfied. But if I can quadruple my business almost, which again, it's it's something that's doable, but I just don't see it as doable because of all the different things that I do. Right. But I still set that goal and try to hit it every day. But if for some reason I don't, I'm not down on myself. See, the problem a lot of people have is that they set these unrealistic goals for themselves I've never yeah. done a deal, but my goal is to make $100,000 in the next five months. Yeah. Okay. What are you willing to do to get there? Right. Realistically, are you going to do it? You follow me? And, and that's yeah. what most people, that's where most people fail is because they put these unrealistic goals out there yeah. and then they're not really working as hard to achieve them. And then they get upset when they don't achieve them or they feel like they failed. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, that's why I try to put my own approach to doing the, you know, to, to creating my own goals in my life, because I'm still climb. Like I said, I'm still climbing the ladder by doing that, but I might only take the next step versus if I hit that 120, I'm take I just skip like three steps. You get what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's great. And I think, I think what you're doing also is like, you're setting up your expectations. Like you're also not leaving room for ultimate disappointment, which like you said, a lot of people do, they'll set this really high expectation goal and then they don't achieve it. And then they leave, like they're just disappointed and they almost like mentally wipe out. Like they're like, Oh, I didn't achieve it. So, you know, my life's over kind of thing. But you, you set up like, a, a way that it's, you know, you could possibly achieve it. So you might, and if you do great, and then, Hey, you know what, there's this even bigger goal. And if I strive even harder or I implement systems in my business or whatever I need to do, I can even hit a higher target, which is, which is great. Absolutely. Yeah. That is, so and, cool. and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the possibilities are endless of what we can do. Mm-hmm. And when I say we, I mean, everybody. Uh, each to each individual in their own life, the possibilities are endless. But at the end of the day, it's about what you're willing to do to get there. And yes, a lot of people have these big goals and these lofty expectations, but not everyone has that drive to do it. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to action taken. I mean, if you're not willing to take action, it's just like if you don't send out a letter, you don't have an opportunity to send an offer. If you, or, or, you know, an email or, or marketing or networking, you don't have an opportunity for an offer. If you don't have an opportunity for an offer, you're never going to get a deal. That's the bottom line. Very true. It's very, very true. Very true. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That, that is huge. Uh, geez, your, your story is uh, not only motivational, it's very impactful because like you said, from where you've started and to where you are now. And the cool part is you're trying to bring people with you. I mean, not, and I don't mean just your family, but I also mean like other people that you've tried to help along the way, like give back to the people. I think that's really cool. So 
I want to ask you in closing, as we close up this episode, I want to ask you to leave maybe some parting words with some of our listeners. Like maybe there, there's just something that, you know, um, <laughs> you can, you can relate to someone where they have, uh, you know, some aspiration. They're trying to maybe start their own business or get into real estate. Leave us with some closing words of advice uh, that you would, that you would give us. Uh, you know, as I've said before, man, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if, if you really want to do something bad enough, um, you just have to one, figure out for, for one, let me just say this. We all have to work because these bills come every 30 days and that's never going to stop. Okay. Sure. So, so for one, we always have to do something to make money to pay your bills. Um, and if that means you're working a job, I don't mean go quit your job tomorrow or next week or next month, maybe not even next year. What I mean is if real estate is something you want to do or entrepreneurship is something you want to do, Okay, figure out time in your life that you can devote to it, whether it's after work, after you coach your kids, um, before you go to bed. Real estate is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can't call somebody at midnight to try to close a deal, but you can be doing other things on the back end that's getting you to that next step of doing a deal. Okay, so if you want it, get it. And, and, and what I mean by that is, is do something in your life that every day is helping you get to that next step of entrepreneurship, of, of a real estate investor. Um, put in a little bit of time that works around your schedule, even if it's one night, two days a week, um, all day Saturday, part-time Sunday, whatever the case is, whatever works for you in your life, be consistent, take action. Put in the time and your life will change over time. It may change within a few months. It may change within a few years. So everybody's different. Everybody learns different. Everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. So each individual is going to have a different result. But if you stick with it, your life can change just like mine did. Awesome. And, and, and you know what? To add to that, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And to add to that, I love the part where you said, you know, don't be the, the dog that just barks. Be the dog that bites and bite into your dreams, you know, bite into what you truly want. I think that's awesome. Well, great. Well, Genus, thank you so much. Uh, for being on the, this episode uh, of this uh, of this millionaire just do it show, and your life is a, truly an example of uh, you know the dog who's actually bit into his dreams and got what he truly wanted, and that's fantastic. You, you've laid out not only your background and your past, the steps you've taken, but also uh, your future, what you want to achieve, as you said uh, in the next coming years. So that's awesome. And I wanted to remind everyone that it doesn't matter where you're at right now. It doesn't matter what country. It doesn't matter what situation financial situation, family situation. It doesn't matter. What what really matters is about getting started and where you're going, that whole journey and never giving up along the way. That's the most important part. It's about staying strong in those moments, in the moments of, you know, where you're maybe stuck in fear or undecisive. It's remaining strong and to continue to move forward and never give up. Just take one step after another. Just keep taking those steps. And hey, listen, if you've enjoyed this episode with Genius, uh, please share it with a friend, maybe a fellow colleague, someone who's of a similar mind who is wanting to start their own business. Share this, like it on our social media pages, and uh, get out there. And most importantly, get out there and make it happen. Be that dog who stop. Quit barking at your dreams and get out there and take a bite of it. 
All right. I'll see you guys soon on the next episode. Take care.